Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talos Magic Talk Show. Brought to you by Talos Master. Cheesy food. And Tinya Dragon. Talosum. Puriang. Tenjuan. Welcome back to the show, everyone. This is your GC Fool right here. Welcome back to another exciting episode. And today, we are going to talk about the power source. How to live with the Tao. That's basically the rough idea for today. And we'll see how it goes uh, as we get into the topic. Because I realized that a lot of... Um, Westerners or outsiders, when they think about, hey, I am a Taoist now, or maybe I will be a Taoist. So how can I apply the the Tao to my life? And then I saw a lot of people trying to like, oh, I read the book every day, and I read the Tao Te Ching every day, and then I just try to like interpret it, and I try to apply the concept to everything. You know what? You went wrong. <laughs> okay, you have went all the way wrong. It's not like that. Okay, let me tell you what. It's not like that. Exactly wrong. <laughs> okay, being a Taoist, you don't just like understand some theory and then you apply it to things according to how you think it is. It's not like that, and I would say that in the Western um, side on the internet, a lot of people are lost, but they think they're not lost, and it's very hard to watch, you know. <laughs> and then eventually, of course, they run out of ideas, and then you see people mixing stuff. Okay, let's mix in some Buddhism, mix in some Reiki, mix in some other New Age stuff, and then it becomes like all weird. Right? To me, these are, you're like worse than not doing anything. Like, if you don't believe in anything and you just live a normal life, you're totally fine. But if you live like that, you are in a mess. Because you're not doing anything close to what you should be doing. And you are actually doing something very bad, which cause harm to yourself. And you're going to spread that out to other people saying that, hey, you know what? I got some good stuff. You, you follow my way. And, you know... And it's like a virus. Everyone just get into this thing and it becomes like a disaster on the internet. That's what Taoism is like right now. It's, it's so hard to watch. So I would like to bring some light to you guys. And I'm not just talking about my lineage here, okay? I want to make it like a little bit more open for everyone in the world. Everyone, okay? So I'm going to talk about Taoism in general, like... Not only in my sect, okay, not only in my lineage, but in other sect as well. So if you, Guaylo, <laughs> you know, you Western people, right, you think that, hey, you know what, this guy don't know what he's talking about, huh? Um, he is just like promoting his own stuff. Well, here you go. I'm going to tell you stuff from the Taoism that is like in the actual society right now. If you are a Taoist in the Asia side, Okay, that's what we do. It's not just my sect. It's every Taoism sect does it. It's just you guys, the, the Westerners, who are like somehow fooled into what I call bookshelf Taoism. So you only believe in books 
you know, like read some books and then that's it. You know, you are missing out the whole thing of like what Taoism is. So, what does a Taoist do? First of all, you got to be a Taoist, right? <laughs> so, every Taoist need a sifu, a master. You need to enter a lineage or sect, and then you have a master who teach you. And also, this master is not just responsible for teaching. The master is responsible for passing on the powers to you. The master is like um, it's like a gatekeeper or like a uh, well, someone like a medium, someone who can actually connect. To the Tao of that lineage, the powers of that lineage, and or sect, okay, whatever word you want to use. Okay, um, <laughs> um, yeah, I have a hard time figuring out, you know, the sect versus lineage. But anyway, I used the word lineage for many years, so I just get used to it. Anyway, oh, you know what I mean, right? So a sect. Okay, so whatever sect you're in, you have your own power source that your own sect have cultivated. Now I'm not gonna like talk about my sect all the way because you might think, hey, this guy's doing promotion, right? So I'm gonna go into the sect in China right now. Okay, look, there are a few sects that is very big in China. For example, the Mao San sect, the Jingyat sect, okay, the Chunzhen sect. Chunzhen uh, is like uh, those people, you know, in the Wudang Mountain. Right, they do Tai Chi and you know those guys, right? And they don't just do Tai Chi, okay? In Chinchan, it's like they have their magic, their cultivation, their chanting, you know, those things, okay? So definitely, it's not a philosophy only Taoism, okay? They're very religious, and then um, the the Jingyat sect is like they they're like called the Celestial Master sect, the Tinsi, right? Tinsi Fu, and they have like a lot of Magic practice as well, and well, uh, chanting. You can like search on YouTube. You can search their uh, chanting videos on YouTube, and you see every day that like that's their daily homework. Every day, morning, night, noon, there's like a chanting ceremony. They have to do it as part of their homework. Okay, so it's definitely not just read some books and philosophy, and that's it. You guys are crazy. <laughs> I I mean, it's so hard to control myself when I think about how. How bad the Taoism is in the Western world right now. Anyway, um, the next one is like the Mao San sect. You all know Mao San, right? There is like actually two uh, different Mao San. One of the Mao San is Mao San San Gong, which is more famous in Hong Kong, uh, and that's like they're like more famous because they they grow bigger in Hong Kong and it's like more famous for their fu and magic and stuff like that. And then there's also the Mao San in China, which is more close to, you know, the 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 traditional vibe. So they have like more uh more books, scriptures and those kind of like literacy things, you know, they have more stuff to teach you. But basically it's it's like um, they, they all do magic, okay? So <laughs> anyway, now, first of all, you got to understand if you go into one of these sects to learn, right? Those things that you get to learn or you can learn in the sect, it's not like, you know, something just dropped from the sky and then, oh, wow, we got a book, right? It's not free. How did they come up with these things? Have you ever thought of that? Like, how did they even have the books, the the scriptures, um, uh, the food and magic and all that knowledge and theory? How did they get those? Don't tell me that these are all from the Loji who write the Todaking. You are crazy. That Loji who write the Todaking, he is only a librarian. He only likes, you know, his, his job was a librarian, right? So he is not like, Specialize in these things So how did people have all these Like knowledge Or you can say Magic content Okay How do they have these things Well Every sect have their own stuff Right And you see If you trace back the history There is always the first generation Someone who started the sect And then It passes on 
and then pass it on, and then so many generations after, there goes like a whole library of stuff. They 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 grow, right? Don't tell me that they don't grow. <laughs> Every sect grow as they pass it on. So when they keep growing, Every sect is like they're cultivating um, their own library, their own database, you know, their own content, resources. These things are there because of the people who are in your sect in the earlier generations. They worked hard to come up with these things. Some of them got the teachings from their uppers, like the gods or... Uh, you know, their their higher powers. Some people get it because they uh, discovered it and they like drill into their own system and then somehow discover some new things and then they put it there, right? Some people have to like go through hurdles. So it's like, oh, um, for example, one of the generation, they have to face a super big problem of this, 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 this issue. And then because of that, they have to invent or figure out some you know, skills and things like that to deal with the problem. Uh, so that's how they have that stuff in the lineage and now you can look at it. Right? So you see, every generation worked hard to build a system. And now you enter that sect. You are learning the accumulated bunch of treasures from the many generations before you in that lineage. Tell me how you, as an outsider, can just go to like bookstore or Google around and then find some books and figure it out yourself. It's impossible. It's impossible. You cannot figure it out. It's like you try to figure out how to build a computer without even knowing anything. It's, you know, like people have been doing a lot of studies and things like that to, you know, under, like even understand electronics. And then they go from there and then slowly, you know, develop from like maybe a little chipped and then, you know, eventually to the computer today. It's like a long way, right? Now, Taoism, every sect is like that too. Every sect has their own library of treasures. And if you enter, you are learning from that system, not the other ones. Hey, if you enter this like ABC sect, your life should be focused on learning the stuff from the ABC sect because I don't believe you can finish learning all that stuff before you die. But somehow these days, you know, people are so weird. They're like, they enter one sect and then they're like, oh, I don't feel like I have enough. And then they go everywhere and then like join this and join that. And then they combine every sect together. And at the end, you know what? They look like crap. Because why? It's like, you're not even good at this sect. And then you try to learn a bit here, mix here, mix there. Come on. You you know what? Like some of the stuff is not compatible. And <laughs> the most important thing is those content... The stuff that you learn in the sect draws power from your own lineage or a sect power source. So imagine like your sect, ABC sect, okay, has a ABC God. Whatever content, whatever magic, spells, food, whatever you do is basically a way to ask this God for help. So the God can give you the specific help when you do that magic. If you mix in other lineage stuff into the system, it's like you are using some other languages to try to communicate with your God. First of all, it is an act of very disloyal. Like you're like very disloyal to your God and very disrespectful because it's like, for example, let's say your God speak French, okay? And then you went to like Japan and then you bring back some Japanese and you try try to use Japanese to talk to your god okay it's like very disrespectful your god speak French so go back to your French what are you doing right so that's one thing that is like very bad to do mixing sect mixing stuff it's like you're you're going crazy and another thing is if even even if your god understand the language okay your god will be like um they, they will be thinking like this um did my sect not feed you anything? Like, are you starving? Why are you going outside and then like taking a bit here, a bit there? You're not a homeless kid. You're a disciple in this sect. 
We feed you what you need. You just need to ask your master for it. It's not like your master is not feeding you anything. It's just that you're disloyal. You're going around and trying to mix things up. So just because of that, you're pissing off the God already. It's <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's really ugly, right? <laughs> it's really ugly. You know, traditionally in the Chinese culture, uh, even for martial art, and I believe for other, other like traditional art as well, um, it's like that. If you are learning from a sifu already, like a master, right? You're not supposed to learn from an other master unless your master approved and like kind of uh, recommend you over there to learn. So let's say um, like right now these days it's very different because people are very rest westernized and the mindset is so different because it's all about money. <laughs> right? Like right now if you go, for example, you go to uh, learn Kung Fu, you learn Shaolin Kung Fu, right? It's just about paying the money and then you go to the classes and you can learn. That's it. So if you pay for classes and learn Shaolin, you can also go pay, pay um, the, the other guy and learn Wing Chun and then you can pay another guy and learn Tai Chi. It's, it's up to you, right? No one cares. As long as you pay, it's fine. But back in the old days, it's not like that. You have a master and the master is like supposed to teach you for the rest of the life, no matter you pay or not. It's like the relationship is there for a lifetime. It's not based on money. It's based on a relationship, based on the heart. You agree that this is your master for the whole life. That's it. You know, that. that's basically it. Now, if you are like learning, uh, uh, for example, you got a master uh, in the old days. You got a master and you're learning, like, for example, you're learning Wudang Kung Fu. Okay, so, yeah. Okay, Wudang Kung Fu. So you're learning that. You got a master there. Now, if your master feel like, hey, you know what? You actually fit learning Tai Chi or learning whatever other things more, right? And they will recommend you a friend that they think it's good. And then they will say, uh, they will ask that friend, can you accept my disciple, you know, like that. And they will recommend you to learn as like a side sidetrack learning. And that is the only way you can learn from the other one. If you learn from the other one at the back, Behind your Sifu And if your Sifu find out Your Sifu is going to kick you out the door You know It's like you're so disrespectful It's kind of like you're cheating You know like cheating on your wife That kind of feeling Because your Sifu will feel like Now you you feel like I cannot teach you anymore That's why you went to outside And learned from other people And it's very insulting for the master So that's how it is in the old days And Talism Keep this tradition So if you're learning from one master You're supposed Like one sect One master You're supposed to learn from that master Right That's how it's supposed to be Because the sect Has its own power source And the stuff that you learn Is all about Getting the power From that power source Not the other one If you learn something from Like if you learn some magic From an other sect Okay Those magic it's drawing like it's only for drawing the power from the other sex power source. So you see, it really doesn't work for you. <laughs> Even you learn the magic, it doesn't work for you because you are not a disciple or a member of the other sect. So that thing actually have nothing to do with you. You see? Oh. <laughs> so that's how it goes. You know, the the talism magic is one big thing. Now, how is this like related to uh, what we were talking about? Like, um, you know, how the Western side are trying to, <laughs> so hard to watch. They're trying to like, you know, self-brew and say, hey, you know, Talism is just philosophy, that kind of thing. You know, it's actually not like that. Um, now, you know, it's like it's about getting a master. Let's talk about the... How the the disciple or the Taoists after they got a master, how do they apply those things to their life? So, um, well, a lot of sects have their own spells, scriptures, and magic, foo, and things like that, right? Like almost like all the sects have this stuff, you know, in China. So, the way to apply the power from their power source 
into their life is very simple. Um, let me let me give you an example, right? In Chinese New Year, if you walk around the Chinese malls and stuff, you know, or you look at the the Chinese home, you see they have some like red banners taped up, right, for the Chinese New Year, like good luck phrases, right? Ah, uh, that is like one demonstration of a tradition in the past that people used to do with magic involved. And nowadays it's like just a decoration. But back then it comes from a magic practice, which is taping up the food. You see, on a special day, right? Like special day, like a new year, whatever, good day, right? You tape up some food and you, the food is supposed to be there to ask that God to help you. Yeah, to help you, right? So, okay, how does it work in the villages? You know, like the villagers' house, they tape up all that stuff. How, how, how do they do it? Well, think about it this way. Let's say you are not a Taoist, okay? But you are a, you know, a traditional Chinese living in the village. You know those village, they all worship their ancestor in a special place in the village that they call a qi tong, which is like um, a place for all the the relative uh, the the people who who are dead. They have a little wooden thing right there with their name, right? And you go there to worship all the ancestors of the village, like everyone who died. You have a place there. So basically, that's like. The the center for the dead, you know, <laughs> the home for the dead, right? So, they believe that um, the the dead ones, the ancestors, is their power source. They are there to bless the future generation. Okay, at least that's what they believe. So, that's their power source. Now, you just need to write on the red paper. What kind of wishes or blessings you want, and then they put it there, and tell the ancestor, inform the ancestor, you know, burn incense, talk to them, and tell them, you know, oh, let's uh, wish this year who and who will have a baby, who and who and you know will have good business and so on, right? You do all the wishing, and then they take those banners and put it there for a while. Let the ancestor. Put their powers on it, right? And they put it, and then they take it back home, and they tape it, tape it where they need. So, for example, you have a uh, one of the banner that say uh, safety uh, traveling. So you would tape that like where your door is, you know. So whenever you go out, the power is going to like rain on you and help you to keep you safe when you travel around. Um, maybe there's one that's like uh, healthy, uh, like the whole year, something like that. Well, you put that somewhere like maybe near the kitchen or near where you eat dinner. Then the power goes into the food and keep you healthy. You know things like that, right? That is one way how the traditional people does it without any like you know special uh, teachings from the master. And it's naturally done, and it's very makes sense. Now in Taoism. We also do the same, but our power source is not the ancestor. Our power source, well, it is, but not the like ordinary ancestor, not like your family member. Um, the ancestor is related to like the gods that pass down the stuff to your to your sect, and of course the other uh, people are before you. Like for example, uh, if you enter a sect and they have like thirty something generation, well, every generation the Usually, the highest people will have a place in the temple, and when you invoke the god with the spells, you usually also invoke those masters who are like the high above from the previous generations, so that they are also here to help you. Right. So, anyway, it's basically all about getting the power from a higher power. Uh, that is your power source of the sect or the lineage to. Give you the blessings, give you the help, give you the power, and the fool. It's just like a medium that carries that power. It's like a, it's like a paper that says what you need, and then they put the power there for what you need, right? And then you deploy those things to where you need. This is one way how normal 
towelers or people will be using the towels energy. The towels energy is not like you know nature outside. No way, it's not like that. The Tao for every sector lineage is different. The Tao is the power source of the lineage. That's simply said. Nothing fancy. The power source of that sector lineage, and it's like okay. Look, if I say the bank account of Microsoft, the company, right? Can you get money there just because you're like one user of the the Windows or something? You can't. You gotta be in the like working in the company, right? You gotta be part of the company in order to draw money out of that account, right? So this is exactly the thing. <laughs> If you're not in the sect, you cannot get the money, right? You need to be a member. You need to have a master to accept you into the sect. Then you can do magic. You can draw power out from that Tao's, that power source. So it's not like oh the Tao is nature. Everyone can have access to it. It's like free power. You are joking. No way. It's not. Every sect has their own account. Every sect has their own bank account, their own power source. It's cultivated by the people of the many generations before you. And this is like a treasure that is cultivated. By many people, many generations, and that's why now when you do the magic, you can draw power from that that place. And it's of course not like everyone wants to draw power that they can take. And also, you know, like morally, it's it's like you think you're a thief or what, right? You just go into people's account and then you can steal them. <laughs> of course, <laughs> you cannot, right? So, yeah. I mean, like people who think that they can just buy some books and then start doing magic. You're like, well, either you want to be a thief and try to steal, or you are just being so silly that you think, you know, the bank account have no locks and you can just like get into it whenever you want. And of course, the real ones, none of them are that lame. You know, they won't just let you take. If you take, you will get a consequence. You'll get fired. You know, it's like people have a a guard there. They can they can use a gun to fire at you if you steal money, right? Well, at least like I know a lot of sect does that, and even for my sect, I does it too. You want to steal magic? I'm going to fire you. <laughs> It's automatic, right? It's supposed to be one of the security system of the lineage. But anyway, um, so going back to the the magic. Okay, so how do people apply the power into daily life? Well, you see, we talk about the fool. Right, you tape the fool here and there. You use those as a way to deploy the power from the towel, right? And also, you have spells that you can use. There are like hand signs, scriptures, like many methods, and those methods are what you can use to apply the power into your daily life stuff. For example, uh, let's say today you are like having a Very chaotic day, and your mental state is like very messed up and very uh, unstable. Maybe like you feel so shitty today, and what what to do, right? It's definitely not about sitting there meditating for 45 minutes and doing some breathings. You're being silly. That is not how it works. You have, for example, the heart purifying spell. You do the spell, and within like a few minutes. You should already have that effect kicked in, and your thought and mental state is all different already. You don't need to sit and like slowly do some breathings. The magic work right away. It's really fast. That's how you deal with it, right? Um, or or let's say uh, someone came to my house, and then you know after they're gone, I feel like depressed or something like that. Well, it must be they have left some bad energies, right? So you take a cup of water. Write the fool inside, and then you sprinkle the water around while you recite the space purifying spell, and then ding ding, the whole place is purified. The feeling is gone right away. <laughs> it's just that simple. Uh, sometimes it's as simple as like you hold a hand sign, you do a spell, and blast the hand sign out. The power goes out, bang, and energy crashes, and problem solved right away. You know, it's. That fast. That's how you apply the Tao's energy in your everyday life. It's not about 
knowing some concept and then trying to live with the concept. You, you <laughs> you're going like I don't know where you're going. You know, it's totally the wrong way. To apply the Tao to your life is not about the concept. Well, there are concepts, okay? I mean, look, we have a lot of like uh, teachings on virtues and you know how uh, some like philosophy stuff, right? There are stuff like that, but that is like only a part of it, and a very small part. The big part is using the cultivated power. That is something that you, as a Taoist, can do, and an ordinary person cannot. That is why you need to be a Taoist, because a Taoist have the access to this cultivated power source. This cultivated power source is exclusive for the lineage or sect that you are ordained into. It's only accessible by the member of the lineage or sect, and it's not accessible by anyone else outside. So you see, it's exclusive. It's not like everyone can just get some help. It's not like that. The help is only given because you are a member of the lineage or sect. Okay. So there's no one who can just self-claim to be a Taoist and then like suddenly can get help from the Tao because the Tao didn't accept you yet. You have not request to be accepted yet. If you self-claim to be a Taoist, it's like, well, you're like trying to be your own boss. Then you draw money from your own account. It's like, you know, it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of like uh, drawing the money from your own bank, personal bank account, and say that you know I have a company. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> it's not like that, right? If you actually belong to a company, that company has an account with lots of money that is built up from generations of work, and that. Is the big difference from your own personal account, right? So okay, so how do we apply the Tao's power into our lives? Well, besides the the examples that I have said, okay, those magic. Another thing is we want to uh, understand. We have to understand uh, two things. One is that sometimes there are help given, even you didn't do anything, because. Why? Because you are related to the gods, right? The gods of the lineage. When you ordain, the gods of the lineage will promise you that if you keep your words and follow these rules, like you're being a good disciples, then in return, the Tao will give you protection. They will protect you. So that means if you have whatever problem, the gods will be there to help you, even you didn't. Ask for it. So let's say you have danger. You know, somehow you run into some danger. Uh, like, for example, someone with a knife. You know, robbing you, whatever. Right? The Tao will already give you the help right away without you doing any magic. It's automatic. Okay, that only happened because you have a relationship with the Tao of that lineage. You are like a kid. Okay. Oh, okay. Like a like a children, and the Tao is like the parent, right? They're like the grandparent. So their job is to give you the protection and guidance and all that, right? If you behave like a kid, okay, and you treat yourself like a kid, uh, you know, you behave like a good kid in the lineage, then the Tao will give you the help. Now, however, there's a lot of people who don't start with the right mindset. Uh, especially in the modern society, a lot of people are so used to like, I pay for this, so I should get this. You know, like that kind of feeling. So they think that they pay to get ordained, then they should be having this and that, and it doesn't work like that. So you treat yourself like a client, like a a buy, you know, buy stuff and then get stuff. That kind of client. So you have not put your mindset in the right place yet. Then the God will not treat you like a kid yet. That is one thing because it's like yeah, the ordain ceremony is done, but you have not get into the position yet. It's like you uh, get married with someone. Yeah, the marriage ceremony is done, but you still act like or you feel like you're single, and then you keep going outside with other uh, women and things like that, right? So your wife is not going to treat you like you're a husband yet because you are the problem. 
You treat yourself like a single, then your wife is not going to treat you like a husband. So if you ordain, you should treat yourself like a disciple, then what, what should you be doing? Well, first of all, look at the rules that you have to follow as a disciple. Okay, and then do the stuff that is required as a disciple. For example, in my lineage, um, disciple goes on the line chat room every day, and then they like say good morning, good night, you know, greet people, and uh, they should be learning. They should be proactively speaking, learning, communicating, and things like that. There are like stuff that they can read on, and you know, things like that. So. If you're a disciple, you should be doing these things, and then you act like a disciple. Also, the mindset puts you like in a lower position, so you never treat yourself like I'm at the same level as you. You know, like that kind of feeling, right? You should never treat yourself that high. You should low down yourself. Be a kid. Be a children. Right? So you are supposed to learn, and if you need help, you ask for help. That's it. You don't treat yourself like. I know it already. You just need to tell me that again. You know, that kind of feeling. And then you are in big trouble. So if you start to behave like a good kid, good disciple, the God there will already give you uh, a lot of help without you asking. So even though you haven't learned a lot of methods, okay, like, oh, spells, food, you know, things like, things like that, you didn't learn all that stuff yet. You're like a new uh, disciple, right? New in the system. You didn't learn all that stuff yet. It's fine. You know that God will give you a certain amount of help to help you to pull through this newbie stage. And it will be there. You know, you don't even need to do anything. The God will already be helping you. But then the thing is, you need to do a good job being a disciple. The better you are at a disciple, the more help you get from the God. That's... Simply the way it is. The better you are as a disciple, the better, the more that God will, will help you. Okay? So this is the first thing that we talk about. The second thing is the actual magic that you apply. Okay? The actual magic that you apply, that you have to apply. What are those things for? Well, you can use it for yourself, of course, right? But the reason why a lineage has the fool and the spells and such is more like uh, it's more intended to be used by the disciples to help the other people around them. That That is like the main reason why there are things like that. Because the thing is, okay, the God is related to you, right? If the God needs to find you, they can find you right away because you're ordained. You're like, you have a record. You, have, you can be traced down. So the God knows where you are, can like help you or beam the help to you, right? No problem. Or you also have a heart spell. So anything you can like call the gods up, it's fine. But then if let's say another person, an outsider, right? Uh, like John, Susan, right? They don't have heart spell. They cannot connect to the God. They're not ordained disciples. So if they're like a believer and they come over to like, you know, to, to pray to our God at the temple and things like that, right? How can the God help them? The God cannot follow them home because they have no relationship. So there goes the purpose of the fool. You get a fool, right? This fool is like a piece of paper, right? You get it empowered at the altar. And then now this guy can carry this fool home that God will put their power into the fool or even follow the fool home to like that person's home. And now the power can follow them and give them the help. You see, it's like these magic is actually more intended for you to Use for other people outside. So let's say like there's a, a town and the town has like 3,000 people, right? And if you are like, you know, the hero Taoist, <laughs> like the only one, the hero Taoist, right? You went into the town and the whole town has like a weird problem over there which can cure, which can be cured by your magic, right? You can't just like tell your God, oh, you know, help these people, that's it. It doesn't work like that. You know, you need to have a way to give them the help. And they are not ordained and you cannot expect them to like everyone just get ordained today, you know. They're not going to do it. They don't even know your God, right? So how can you develop the relationship? Well, first of all, you can use the fool, right? So everyone can have a fool empowered by the God and then everyone gets some help from the God. 
Now, out of the 3,000 people, there might be 2,000 that is like uh, getting the help and realizing the help is there. 1,000 may be like, eh, I don't really feel it, you know. So some people who felt it, they might come back. And then they're like, oh, I, I need more. And then, yeah, okay, you know, keep, keep going. And then eventually uh, they will feel like, hey, you know, this is good stuff. I want to learn and be able to help others like you as well. And then they will get ordained and then they will learn the food and such. And now they can use it. So you don't have to break your hand writing more food because your disciples now in that town can spread it out for you. They can be the one like doing the magic for the others around them. And then you see that's how it goes. So Talus magic is like more like uh, there because the Tao need a way to help the other people outside who are not yet in the family. And eventually because of the help, those people will eventually want to get ordained and become part of the family as well. And then now you can work on being a good disciple and the God will help you even without the food and magic and all that around. Right? So some people will be thinking like, um, hey, what if I already have the problem and then I, I just forgot what magic to do or like I, I forgot to do the magic? What, what, what to do, right? Well, it's fine, you know, if you're a disciple, especially we're talking about like in my lineage, okay? If you're a disciple, you just need to focus on being a good disciple. That's the only focus you need, okay? Study the like five virtues, ten commandments and all that stuff, right? Learn the virtues, apply them and be a good disciple. And because you're doing that, that God is already giving you the help every day. And if you have like problems happen and you just have to face it, that God's power is there for you already, even you didn't do any magic. It's automatic because the, the contract here is that when you ordain, right, the God have made their agreement with you, which is you follow these rules, you be a good disciple, you get like you be loyal and all that, then we will give you three things. That's what we call the three ordain, right? First is you ordain uh, and then you will get the Tao, which is the power source that leads you, right? So you get the Tao um, and the Tao is going to lead you to a destination that you will go after you die. So it's like after you're dead, you have a place to go, okay? That's the first thing they agree with, uh, to give you. And the second thing is the, they will give you the methods, the methods, like the content, you know, like the Talus magic, the content. These are like the tools in a toolbox. We, when you face problem, you can use these tools to deal with problems. Okay, that's the second thing. The third thing is the master. Well, there's the human master, like me, teaching you and guiding you, you know, passing on the stuff to you. And there are also some other type of master, which is like the God that we put into you when you ordain, and there's a God at your altar, right? And so these gods are also your master. They're there to help you and guide you and such, and also help to protect you as well. So these three things are there for you if you are ordained and you know you treat yourself like a disciple. One of the most important thing is the mindset. It all starts from the heart, right? If your mindset is like, you know, I'm here just to try and, you know, I'm giving it a try. Well, you try to give your wife a try and see what happens. Right? <laughs> like you get married and then you're like, oh, I'm just giving it a try. You know, it's not like that. Okay. <laughs> your wife is going to like divorce with you very soon if you're like that. Okay. Once you get married, you got to be serious. You got to commit. You got to be real. Right. You got to start acting like a husband. You cannot try being one. If you try being one, you can be like boyfriend, girlfriend, right? Well, in our lineage, if you're like trying, right, you can be like going through the first stage and then be like a, you know, a teenage stage believer. Uh, and then you'll be like there, you know, working on the magic learning yourself. No one's teaching you. You're just like on your own trying things out. And even if you quit, no one cares. It's like you're just there to try, right? So we don't even put any feelings into your... Your, your whatever thing, right? So we don't really care. You know, you can quit anytime. But once you decided to ordain, that's a big thing. That's like a marriage. You know, like you got to ordain. Wow, that's like a lifetime relationship. And to me, 
one of the disciples who ordained uh, to me is like, we got a lifetime relationship going on there. I am responsible to protect this person from now on whenever they have spiritual problems and things like that in their life. I'm there to help them. Okay? So it's not like, oh, the disciples start to like see ghosts or whatever. And then I'm like, oh, okay, go on my website, um, pay for this. Pay for that and you'll be fine. It's not like that, you know? Like, I see you have problem. Immediately, I'll do magic for you without asking anything. And you will get the help right away, you know? that. That's how the relationship is like. Because of the relationship, I'm always there for you, okay? So, if you're not like a client anymore, you should not be trying things. Right? I don't try being your master. I am your master, right? So... It all starts from the mindset, your heart, and this is one of the most important thing that people missed out or overlooked because when they ordain, like a lot of people feel that I paid, I'm supposed to get something, you know. <laughs> it's not like that, okay? Um, you get ordained, then you need to treat yourself like a disciple. You should be learning proactively and um, like really treating yourself like a disciple. Now, if you don't know how a disciple should be or how a good disciple should be, I recommend you to go to my blog and check that post out. I got a blog post right there that talks about a classic called the Tai Ji Kui. It translates to like the disciple rule or the student rule. And it, um, it's one of the nice classics in Chinese um, that talks about like uh, how to be a good kid or like if you read it you'll feel like it's teaching you how to be a good children because the wordings are like do this like to your father mother and things like that but if you read it right it should be like because you are a disciple so you treat your master like a father that's why it's called si fu si fu is like si is the teacher fu is like the father so you're like a Father generation teacher Okay So you treat your Sifu Like a father Your master Is like a father So if you read that classic You have to understand that Keep that in mind The Sifu And like The, the father and mother Is talking about Your Sifu And your Sifu's wife Okay And so they talk about How you should be uh, As a child To your master Like that And like There are some things That like uh, If you read it right now If If your children do that to you you will feel very happy and very touched but somehow in these days you know people are so bad being a children and they don't even have these things anymore for example okay for example there's one um, thing that talked about when uh, like you should always ask if your parents are feeling good or feeling well or are you too hot or too cold you know and then like do you need a jacket you know like things like that right you see, like, winter's coming. It's getting very cold. Oh, how come no one asked me, uh, how are you feeling? Do you need a jacket? Or is it cold there? You know, like, you know, some words of care, right? Somehow people don't, don't ask these things anymore. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they don't ask these things anymore. It's like, I don't know why, but maybe school don't teach it, right? But it's so weird, right? And then um, there's another example. Um, they will say like, uh, oh, if there's like a place to sit, you let the elders sit first. Or, you know, in the subway, you see people that, who are older than you, something like that, you let them sit first, right? That's logical, right? But, you know, these days, sometimes people are like so bad with their virtues. And um, there was a time I remember on Zoom call, right? People just don't get it. You know, I was like standing up, talking and everyone's supposed to stand up, right? So we're like all standing up and there are like disciples who just sit down and they're like, I'm like, why are you taking a seat suddenly? I'm, I'm still standing up. Like I stood up there talking for the whole hour and the disciple just decided to like sit and then I'm like, okay, that, that looks weird. <laughs> but it is weird. I mean like, you know, the disciples don't have enough respect, then they will not grind through it. They will not even ask, can I sit? You know, they just sit down. They don't give a shit about you. <laughs> right? Bad manners. Bad manners. Not respectful enough. Uh. So a lot of things like that, you know, read that post. Go to my website, teenagedragon.com, and then go all the way down uh, on the left side of the menu. There's like a 
a small menu on the bottom and you will see the English blog. Click in there and there's like a few posts about these things. One of them, it has a, a thumbnail with like a daddy holding up a, a kid. That post, I have a link to a full translation of that classic on another website. Uh, I feel that, you know, most people these days are doing a really poor job as a children. And I don't know if you got a children that makes you blood vomit or not, but seriously, in the in the modern society, this thing that they call filio pieti, uh, I don't know is that how you say it, it's like non-existent in the Western culture, much, like very much non-existent because there's no teaching on this in the school system and people are just not respectful, you know, they're like getting so bad with these things. And I feel that this classic is going to bring back some good teachings for everyone to review. And if you're a parent, you know, even you don't decide to ordain and learn Taoism, read that thing and then teach your children or at least tr any, like try to bring some knowledge to your children or grandchildren and wake them up, you know, like just tell them, awaken that side of their heart, you know, tell them, you know, if you do this later on, your next generation do that to you, you're going to feel so good because it's like you feel the heart from people when they respect you and act it out like that, right? So this is like one thing that everyone should take a look at. It's very, very um, interesting, you know, if you take a look at it. it. When I was young, I don't really like think that this is that deep and important but at this age right now I, I feel like you know after going through so many disciples accepting so many disciples like hundreds of disciples I realized that a bunch of them are just like you know they, they failed because their virtue is close to none and it's <laughs> it's like no matter where these people go they're going to be a like they are going to fail everything in their life because of virtue they don't have the right mindset as a disciple. And so no matter where they go, they're going to fail. They're going to like swim around this and that. Everything they're going to like try, but they're not going to get anything at the end. So really important. As a Taoist, as a normal person, you need to learn this stuff. Okay, virtue. So important. So anyway, thanks for uh, listening and watching. So check out my website, tinadragon.com. And of course, if you want to ordain and learn the real Talism, Talism magic, you know, you can start today. Go on the website, get ordained, and, uh, you know, we can get started right away. <laughs> okay, so we'll see you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.